Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. a very special, very quick little episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we usually take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today we are doing something a little bit different. Today we just got done watching Avengers Endgame and I brought a little pocket recorder with me and I just had it going in the car with uh, me, Ryan Darty, who is actually in Las Vegas. I'd never actually met him before, but he's been on like almost a dozen episodes of the show before. And we've also worked on some projects together. And so he was uh, visiting Vegas and we decided to go see Avengers Endgame because, I mean, what else are we going to do? Of course, we're going to go see Avengers Endgame. And he also had three of his friends with him from Seattle. So uh, as soon as we hit the car and started driving him back to his hotel... I figured let's record and just see what happens. So this is not a regular episode of Piecing It Together. There will be a super episode of Piecing It Together on Avengers Endgame coming on Monday, but this will hold you over. And as always, major spoiler alerts because, uh, you know, whatever. If you don't want spoilers, just go see the movie. Then come listen to these things. So anyway, here we go. Let's jump into this conversation. And remember, the audio quality is going to be a little bit different, really a lot different, because it was recorded in the car. But enjoy it anyway. We're, we're riding around. We just got out of Avengers Endgame, and Ryan Darty and a bunch of his friends from Seattle are here in the car. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. First time, Dave and I have been working together on and off for like seven years, never actually met each other in person. Yeah. But for a movie experience this big, we had to get together to see that. So we're This out is the Vegas. whole point of your trip, The right? entire reason yeah. we came to Vegas to see <laughs> Avengers Endgame. So I should say that if you people are hearing this, that means this recorded well. Uh, I have no idea if it's going to, using a little pocket recorder. Do you want me to hold it while you're driving? Nah, I can okay. drive. I, uh... <laughs> uh, so everyone who listens to this podcast now knows that Dave is a... Yeah. Reckless driver. Dave is reckless driver. Cares right more now. about your entertainment than the safety of any of us in this vehicle. I think that's really important for a podcaster. I, I think that's really the number one thing a podcaster needs is to be willing to kill everyone in their vehicle <laughs> just to get reasonable quality first impression audio. Hey, we got a red light. We got a red light. We're oh, we good. got a red light. This is a perfect time to talk. So what, what, also... what, what did everybody think of the movie? <laughs> I think it was. It was uh, I think it's all spoilers, right? Yeah, spoilers. spoilers are are cool. I'll point to people and then you can. I think it, I think it was it was really good send off. I think it was smart how they did it because it allowed them to have a variation. Uh, it left them open to a variation of different things with the time travel uh, questions that it's left. 
you know, what Cap was doing, that kind of thing. I don't think they're going to go back for the characters, but I think it was a really good send-off for a lot of them and good fan service that was kind of what you needed for the end of a, a phase like this. So that was Tim Shermer with his uh, input on that. You might actually see him hosting some episodes soon. He's looking to get into the Piecing It Together podcast. Anyone else have anything they want to chime in about the movie? No, I mean, it was like, it was definitely a good movie, yeah, yeah, like... Did it remind anyone of anything? Like, like was anyone get, like besides the fact that they shit all over Back to the Future and then straight up copped its plot for the well, next I think, hour? Yeah. After Honestly, that? for me, what this reminded me of, which was interesting, considering the I always thought the Russos were were an interesting choice that I loved for Winter Soldier and Civil War and Avengers, yeah. but I think you could see their they really let their community roots shine in this, and I think it was I think for a movie that was heavily based on a send off for. The original cast, especially for Robert Downey Jr., I think they relied on humor that was very similar to that of the first uh, Iron Man movie yes. mm-hmm. on how they wrote it and how they delivered it, and I think that was a really smart choice and kind of what they needed to do. So uh, one fun fact not a lot of people know is that like a large majority of the Iron Man script was either improvised or kind of written on the day of. They Apparently it was just an absolute train wreck behind the scenes. Oh, uh, really? So what does that say about the fact that Iron Man is... Most people still in contention. Iron Man's still definitely one of the best. Yeah, There's been like 23 of, the of them now. Iron Man movies. 1 is still my top three for sure. I, I like Iron Man 1 a lot. I think that um, that they, if they had spent any more time on, on RDJ and his kind of send-off, I would be a little conspicuous, but it makes sense too. Besides him just being popular here, he's one of the main reasons there's the box office draw in China for this movie. And so... Yeah. It's 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 just cool to see like the the MCU really it's been a broader impact um, than just you know domestic box office and superhero movies. I mean, look at TV shows that branched not just off of that, but like what DC doing things like Doom Patrol now that you never see before the MCU. You have you know the DCU taking chances now something like fucking Shazam. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And they have uh, it's all thanks to this universe. Now you see movies in Russia doing superhero films, China's gaining the superhero film business. It also opened the door after they'd kind of closed the doors for US um, blockbusters in China. That and Transformers, like people kind of talk about Transformers a lot, but the MCU is the other one that really kind of impacted this and really launched the global phenomenon around franchises. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had a good point, but I completely forgot what it was after that. Well, you think about that point, um, and since we're talking about spoilers and all yeah. that, uh, w- did anybody, I don't know if maybe you guys were mentioning it while those credits were rolling and it was loud as shit in the theater, yeah. but uh, uh, how big of a missed opportunity it is that Stan Lee couldn't have been his cameo at the funeral? Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that would have just been waterworks all over the fucking place if, if they had been able to pull that off. Marvel has said that around the time they're going to come out with the... Um, around the time uh, DVD's gonna come out that they're they're working on a compilation of all the behind the scenes footage they have from mm-hmm. every cameo he's recorded nice uh, and they said they, they like made sure to get B-roll for all that I wasn't and, even sure about his cameo on this one if that was him at first but then I, uh, I was wondering that that too. guy sitting two seats over from me from kept talking the whole movie oh my god oh, yeah right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that no not you like, there, was not a guy, there was a guy to uh, Dave's left who kept talking to him Bill yeah. were you gonna say something yeah so like how many like Stanley cameos do they have left? Do you know? Oh, I believe that, that was left. That was the last yeah. one. Okay. And they Did made he sure even to do that. like so? That was a body double for Captain Marvel, right? That, that was a body. I think that was a body double for Captain Marvel. Because I don't think you saw his like face. Head no, it was Captain behind the because he was reading he was reading the Mara script. What they, what they did too, because if you, if any more kind of followed the uh, Lord of the Rings blueprint for this, where they filmed everything at once, and it was a I think it was like a nine month 
shoot, which is crazy. Well, it for... was originally they were gonna do both of them 100% back to back. Yep. And they did end up filming a solid chunk of this one separately. separately. I don't know if they filmed the entire ending. Yeah. Like that's but, what I would guess. While they had everyone together, just for, for just for shoots. I'm not counting reshoots, obviously, yeah. but just for shoots, most films are 12 weeks, nine months of shooting for these films, Jeez. and they um. It's just crazy what the Russos managed to do. I also think that they make a great tag team for this. I, I hope they still rely on them for some other projects that they could do. But I think if they, if they did something, Stanley, you see him as one of the, the kind of alien creatures in, um, in a, was it Guardians 2 when they're jumping around? You see Stanley's cameo there. And they were talking originally about maybe having him be one of the Watchers, which were kind of like he these... Was a, he was a Watcher in Guardians. He, he was a Watcher, three, but right? I mean... No, yeah, Guardians, no, two, Guardians 2, yeah. yeah he and he was a Watcher, but they think they're they're originally having him, like, what would have been a cool cameo if he had survived was, like, sit him in the back of, um... Of uh, just like the, the funeral, from Fringe, like just sit, literally, in the like sitting sitting in the background and like nodding his hat and walking away or something. Yeah. But uh, that would have been cool. The other missed opportunity I heard about, which just killed me, was that they um, the Russos in 2015, along with um, along with uh, oh god, Guardians director, um, what J- James, James Gunn? Gunn? James Gunn were apparently talking to uh, David Bowie about being in one of the films coming up before he, right before he had like got diagnosed with cancer and passed away. So there's a chance we may have gotten a Bowie cameo in this. <laughs> but that that's a missed opportunity. As far as the film goes, though, they, they did a they did a good job. They also the music was an interesting choice for the opening credits, which I wasn't expecting. I kind of like how they really drove the impact in for a lot of the characters. Uh, I think the one that another one people weren't really talking about was Black Widow. The fact that she got a lot of she got a lot of good screen time like it was well used she's a great actress so you know obviously spoilers but uh i guess her standalone movie is a flashback i think they had previously said that it was largely going to be a flashback anyway okay that's interesting because um, that kind of takes a lot of the uh you know the drama out of it but i, I mean, would be i wonder if they're gonna see if they hadn't announced that they were going to have being attacked getting by attacked? while we're recording. Um, if they hadn't announced that Jeremy Renner was going to have his own TV show, um, I would have assumed that the Black Widow movie would have been a flashback to, like, how they spend, like, five fucking movies, Scarlet, um, Black Widow being like, I did bad things in my past and Clint helped me out. And they never ever discussed it right. also very presumptuous of Black Widow to assume that she is the thing that Jeremy Renner loves the most no I think it makes sense though. really no, uh, no, do you have a wife and kids too no, this is what he loves the, the most, the most. Uh, except for the fact that it said it has no. to be the thing you love the most I think, I think no, that, that, that little thing except for that little thing no, no, but the reason he did that, though, was because... She was the last thing, thing he loved. That he loved. Yes, yeah, I, I get that, and that's why it no, worked. Ryan, but, no. like, that's a very ballsy move of Natasha to just assume it would work. But, like, they set it up, though. Like, it's, def- like, it's been shown that, like, yeah, they have history before for, like, ten, like, however many movies they were in together, so... But that history is almost entirely one-sided of Natasha really, really owes Clint. Because mm-hmm. Clint saved her from being a bad person. They have shown that Clint, like, cares about Nat because, like, they're, like, battle brothers. But, like, a very bald... I would definitely say that Nat loves Clint much more than Clint loves Nat. Especially given that Nat has three... Uh, that Clint has three oh. dead kids. I think... I hope they do... No, two dead kids. I think no, he had two sons and a... I hope they keep the ninja Clint oh, okay. for the new um, TV show coming out. But some other highlights were the, uh, they did an excellent job, funny enough, I'd say the best CG was the ones that they did, um, 
with the flashback se- or the time travel sequences. Mm. Those were really well done. Like the yeah. characters standing in the background, they they took a very and I liked how it showed more too. Like some of the uh, yeah, like the last scene you see before Loki is suddenly Loki goes from on the ground being smashed by Hulk them surrounding him and then it cuts to him and the thing but seeing all that other stuff like even the little things talking about like what they did giving pause for one moment dibs on Bill and Ted is my puzzle piece no one else is allowed to cite that one continue how many months we're (laughs) here continue what you were just saying though Um, I I think that 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 idea of showing the different angles and showing the different uh, you know things that were happening in the background of those scenes from those old movies is kind of what Ryan and I want a Cloverfield sequel to be. Yes, 100%. We want, we, okay, yeah, so um, so you guys are obsessed, but uh, Dave and I are obsessed with Cloverfield. There yeah. is, of course, our other podcast, Everything's a Cloverfield, Everything's Cloverfield. where everything is a Cloverfield. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> we can crash this car and there will be no survivors, Dave. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of talk of for the original Cloverfield sequel that Cloverfield 2 was going to be basically other characters during the same event. Um, just showing that perspective because you can get a lot of you know interesting uh, views from that, and we sort of saw that in this movie. Yeah. But it was very much like they literally like someone had to sit down and be like, how can we literally like you know how like sometimes I'll have a season finale on a TV show that will just be like clips. Yes. Like a clip, like show. A clip show. This was episode. like kind of the movie equivalent of a clip show with a few like whoa whoa whoa, but also this happened in or some st- stuff like that. I like, thought that whole middle hour was very. Uh, it was okay, and I, I know we've got a bunch of comic book fans here in the car, yeah. so don't strangle me all at once. But <laughs> uh, dorky in a way that, like, because I'm not a comic book guy, and I'm not even a big Marvel guy, although I see most of the yeah. movies and I enjoy them quite a bit. Uh, but it was super dorky. Oh, like, 100%. You know, and it's so like fan service, and I get that I'm just not the target market for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was I was surprised just how deep down these rabbit holes they went. Where even if you're like me and have seen, you know, I've seen like 18 or 19 of the 22 movies that came before it, uh, and but I was lost as shit in a lot of <laughs> a lot of those moments. It's very much uh, the the uh, Infinity War. A lot of their fan service was very like meaty fan service, right. and it was very rich. Yeah, and um, I I. I I am coming around. I think I think I like this. I enjoyed this movie more. Is a, is a good way to put it. I would mm-hmm. say um, the whole middle um, was kind of like the 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 donuts or like cake equivalent of fan service. Like if it, it was very, it wasn't super substantive. It was like designed to be immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It didn't build anything. And I think that was kind of because it didn't yeah. need to. This was the dessert of the cinematic universe for and that was Marvel. very much thanks. To, and I brought the Russo's a couple times that the directors are are crucial in this especially MCU and they um, other MCU directors don't and there's no problem not bringing in fan service or comic references it's a different medium it's a different story altogether it's just they're taking influence it's just cool the Russo's though explicitly like in their movies will just have straight throwbacks to things like the two characters which I thought was really cool at the end of this that have been Winter Soldier before are uh, Bucky and uh, Falcon. You've already seen Bucky with the shield, and then Fal- which in the Winter Soldier when he picks up the shield, and yeah. there's that shot. Oh. It's like almost taken directly out of the comics. Then there's a shield with, uh, then with a uh, Falcon with the shield at the oh, end of it. Speaking of actually, like Falcon isn't super powered, right? Like Bucky no. and Cap had like super serum or whatever, so he's gonna be like the worst Captain America. Yeah, right? it, it was. I, I was going because originally I believe the plan had always been that Bucky was gonna be the new Captain. Right. But then people loved Falcon so much really in Winter. 
soldier. Oh no, Anthony. Anthony he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. He's so powerful. Something though. Yeah, his action sequences in this one were great. Like some of the best action sequences I thought were him just doing crazy shit in the air. You know. Yeah, and I, I strongly suspect that there is more to come for Bucky, specifically because it seemed like they didn't even give him his moment with Cap. Well, there's also a reason for that. Um, there's there's these stupid these I shouldn't say stupid. They're smart contracts, but <laughs> the reason why all the new people who've been hired on are hired on for 9 or 12 film contracts isn't that they're going to do 9 or 12 films, it's that they're locked into the price, yeah. which the original Avengers were not. Like Scarlet or Scarlet Witch, like um, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr. They, sort of not true. Robert Downey Jr. actually had to renegotiate his contract to get uh, Chris Hemsworth and maybe not Scar Joe, but definitely Chris Hemsworth and some of the other ones oh, off the, of their fixed Oh, contracts. I remember this now. There was yeah, that one. It was like he was like but I think that was one, uh, like a one or two film thing. It wasn't like a full like nine picture contract. No, I, I think he broke their. He got them to break their previous things and start new somewhere. But uh, Sebastian Stan, when he was first hired, like literally when Cap One came out, he was on for seven films. Nine films. Nine film. Okay, nine films. And that was like, you know, and they threw him out of a train halfway through yeah. the movie, and like you knew he was going to uh, come. So back. Captain yeah. America, the Winter Soldier, he's been in Civil War. Infinity War, but some they have weird stuff in the contracts where they can like pay extra for an actor to be in it, be in it without it being like a full film deal thing for them, which they've done with some of the actors. Yeah, like when Captain have, like, America showed up in Thor two and stuff. Yeah, where it's like they'll they'll have a little thing, and so the best part he's technically been yeah. in, in the three Captain America movies. Avengers, he was. I imagine that would that would probably count towards one because he was Avengers in. one. No, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. yeah and then, so that's four of nine co- nine films that he's still on. And then this one's five. So, uh, oh, but he was only in it for a little bit. So I don't know if, like, this, te- like, a lot of those actors, te- I doubt they technically counted towards their film deals, per se. Yeah. It'll depend, though, but there's so, no... Sorry, continue. Oh, I was just going to ask a quick question. Is there any precedent, you guys would all know this, for Captain America having Thor's powers? Yes. No, it's it's not that he has source powers. It's just that he had the hammer, so he can. Do He's wearing the hammer. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, it, well, because uh, there is a, even in Age of Ultron in the first thirty uh, minutes. So there's the scene where they all get drunk and try to lift the hammer, and uh, Cap grabs the, and like you know Thor's laughing at them because none of them can move it, uh, uh, and like Iron Man is using his technology to lift it. Uh, Whatever, Hawkeye's being a douchebag about it, uh, and then just being like, I'm, I already know I'm evil. Yeah, and then uh, Cap grabs the hammer, and he's like not looking, and he he like kind of jokingly moves it, and it does actually move a tiny bit, and it's played for laughs because immediately Thor just goes, oh shit, and his eyes so, kind of go wide in the back. That is, Cap knew he could lift the hammer, but he chose not to to like not upstage Thor. Uh, okay, I, I can see that. I, my understanding was always that Cap is a guy. Cap is a guy for pressure situations. Mm. He he's not Cap is not himself unless he's got a fight to fight. So he wouldn't pick up a hammer for glory. He would pick up a hammer to save his friends. Yeah, and that yeah, makes yeah. sense. And honestly, with um, but by that logic, Thor wouldn't be able to lift the hammer either if he's doing it for, like not to save his friends, though, right? Um, well, no, no, no. But I think Thor is more intrinsically worthy for it than Cap is, just because of his and f- and, and and I think it's what you were saying, but. It's what you said, but subconsciously. Sure. That, yeah, like, yeah. until he really needed it, he, it wasn't... The hammer was like, I'm not playing your game. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. We also don't know where Mjolnir went, but, um... Oh, can we talk about the fact that at one point, he used the axe... 
to hit the hammer at a person. <laughs> yes. Why would you not use the hammer to hit the axe at a person? But it's not a hammer, it's a hammer axe. It's got a no, I don't no, but, but he used the sharp end of the axe so much, so, to hit the hammer. <laughs> I'm 90% sure. I like very, sp like that completely took me out of that fight. I'm not going to lie. That's so, some of the, well, for me, I really like the, the dual wielding, those action scenes on like light, like lit up with lightning and dual wielding a hammer and an axe. I was like, oh, fuck yes. I want to do a quick straw poll. All the people coming out of the portals. Much better than the actual fight that followed all the people coming out of the portals. Yes. Everyone that agree? The, yeah. the, the Infinity War fight was much better because this was that was a fight. This was just fan service. This yeah, was yeah, yeah. showing but each I person still, do. Um, I did enjoy it. But, oh, super enjoyable. But yes. like, so is PCP. You shouldn't do it all the time. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I've never done PCP. But uh, just like no, backpedal but, while we're on film. No, they've got. Um, I, I think it's interesting with. Uh, uh, can we just talk about? It? He had a small no. We, we, we got to wrap this up. Sorry, Josh Brolin, so good as oh, Thanos. Yeah, so he's, so he's good. He's always good. He's so damn. Good. He worked good in moderation. I was really worried about how Thanos was gonna work if he wasn't the main character. I kind of want to go back and watch No Country for Old Men. <laughs> we, we did talk about No Country for Old Men. And in fact, yeah, people should go back and listen to the old episode of Piecing It Together. Um, you know, we do talk about No Country for Old Men. I believe that was one of Dave's puzzle pieces was talking about Thanos sorry, comparing. Who's he playing him. No Country. He's the bad. Oh, sorry, he's the main good guy. Javier Bardem um, is the bad guy. Oh, okay, not Tanley. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice to meet you, Dave. Okay, yeah, so we're now, uh, yeah, so this was a live from the road piecing it together podcast. Uh, <laughs> and Ryan did take over the uh, mic. I am holding safe. the microphone, we the so we've been safe. No one else needs to judge. Uh, Dave, it was great meeting you in person for the first time. Absolutely. We'll continue to work together. Uh, everyone else, uh, we talked about Shazam. There is a Shazam episode of the podcast. I believe That's you did right. with Chad. That's right. With Chad, so you guys should check that out. Um, Chad, if you know if you know me, Chad and I, we've done the the Glass podcast together before. Because I would say soon. that this bad, we're gonna are we gonna, we're gonna do you, me, and him doing Godzilla. I think so. I would be really down for that. Every yeah. time there's a crossover, just get me yeah. and Chad and you together because yeah. we just cover the spectrum of music tastes, yeah. uh, movie tastes. All right. Well, yeah. This casino wants us to get the hell out of their valet lounge. Probably. So take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. If you ever believed Captain America was on the U.S. Olympic soccer team. If you ever thought that the Winter Soldier was that brace yourselves guy on the internet. And if you ever wondered just what would a raccoon do with a machine gun. Then don't let another week pass you by without tuning into Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your show about all things Marvel. With news, rumors, commentary, and interviews. As well as our weekly recommendations on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks on WeebyGeeks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. All right, so that does it until Monday. Um, I sure hope there wasn't any copyrighted music being played at that uh, valet. I, I always worry about that kind of stuff. But, uh, hey, whatever. Who cares? So, hope you enjoyed that. And like I said, we will be back with a real full episode of Avengers Endgame on Monday. And it's going to be uh, one of the super episodes, like what we did for Avengers Infinity War. So there's going to be a whole bunch of different people joining me. Little short conversations, each with a couple of puzzle pieces apiece. And so it should be a lot of fun. And then after that, we've got Two Dust coming up on Friday, which also comes out on VOD Friday. And I'm really excited about this because this is actually one of my favorite movies of 2019 so far. And I got a chance to interview the film's writer-director, Sean Snyder. And 
that will be going up the following week. So I'm really excited to share all that with you guys. Lots of piecing it together coming up, and so I figure why not post this little special mini thing. So let's leave you guys with a piece of music. Uh, what should I leave you guys with? I don't know. How about... All right, you know what? This file's just sitting right here in front of me. It's called Digital Whirlwind. It's actually a uh, piece of music I made as a demo for a piece of software called Realms of Omnisphere 2. So uh, I don't think I've actually posted it yet. Um, I need to get around to posting that. <laughs> uh, it's from my This Thing Rules uh, music software review series that I used to do over on my bydavidrosen.com website. Uh, I am not really doing those on a regular basis anymore, but every so often I'm trying to still do a couple of reviews here and there with demo tracks. And so this is one of those demo tracks. So enjoy it. It's not something you can, you know, buy or really find anywhere else. So, uh, let's give it a listen and we'll be back Monday with a full piecing it together. And all points west. 